Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want, if you would, open up your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to talk about Simeon, the Grinch, and Jesus. Now, how in the world does all that go together? Well, hopefully, we can make it all go together tonight. I hope you can. So, Luke chapter 2, verses 26 through 32. Hi, family. I love you guys. My nephews and my brother and my sister-in-law here. That's exciting. I want to talk about the Grinch, and we're going to use it as kind of a way to learn um, and, and, and have some fun here tonight. So, um, I hope you guys will enjoy it. Luke chapter 2. Um, verses 26 through 32, once again, thank you for our Lights, Camera, Action series. It has been a lot of fun, and we are winding it down here, but thank you so much for allowing us to do it. Luke chapter 2, verse 26, and it had been revealed to him, talking about Simeon, by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. That's good news, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your goodness. We just pray that you speak to us tonight. And everyone says... Amen, in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're going to use the Grinch tonight. Now, there are three different versions of the Grinch. It's very interesting. Now, what I'm about to tell you is free. It's not going to be up on the board. It's just some notes that I was talking kind of from conversation from Pastor Mike and myself. The Grinch has three different versions. The first one was viewed in 1966 on TV. Okay, it cost $315,000 to make, and it was a 25-minute segment. That was it. That's what we know as Dr. Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, or The Grinch That We Know. Then another one came out in 2000, starring Jim Carrey. It was the live, kind of a live version, or an action-type version. And uh, that one um, grossed overall $345 million, and it took about $123 million to make. So the first Grinch only took about $3.2 million to make in today's money if you took $315,000 and kind of with inflation and everything. So the first one only took $3.2 million. The second one took $123 million. And then finally, the third version, which is the one that we're going to use tonight kind of to explain and to, to help us learn, uh, came out in 2018. It was, it was created by Illumination, and it cost $75 million to make. Thank God for technology, man. It cut off nearly 50 million, above 50 million off the cost to make. But it grossed $511 million. $511 million off an animated video. Now, why is this important? Okay, this is, remember, this is added, this is bonus content at the beginning, not at the end, okay? It's important for me as we were talking to Pastor Mike because I thought, what a great Um, example of why it's so important to stand on the shoulders of giants. The first one was $315,000 or $3.2 million. The final one grossed $511 million. What they did is they took the Grinch and just made it better and better. Now, I say that understanding it was probably a better way to put that is it was more relatable to each and every audience. 
if you think about it. And that's important. Why? Because in all of them, the Grinch is green. The Grinch steals Christmas. He lives on a, he lives on top of a hill. He doesn't like it. He has this epiphany moment at the end that his heart needs to change, right? But what it did is the message never changed the way that it was presented changed. That is so important for us as a church to understand. The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ never changes, does it? One name and one name only, Jesus Christ, and every knee will bow to that name. But how we present that in a relatable form is very, very important because not everybody understands it. So tonight, this is kind of special to my heart, and the message did not change. Now, as I was looking at the Grinch and looking at Simeon here, so Simeon, a great way to think about it was he was kind of a pastor over Israel. He, he, he was a guy, he worked in the temple day and night. He heard from God, the Holy Spirit had come, and come on him. And he teaches us something here with baby Jesus. Because we know the Christmas story is about Jesus Christ and his birth into the world. And this is what we know, that the Christmas story is revelation. The Christmas story is revelation and it gives us revelation. And you have to love it. There's, there, there's not anything that the world can do about it. No matter how much the world tries to take Christ out of Christmas, it cannot be taken out for us who are Christians, amen? For us who know the truth, because it was a fact, it happened, we don't doubt it. But it also brings revelation past just the Christmas story, because now we have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, amen? And now that we have that, God the Father, the Holy Spirit can speak to us and give us the revelation that we need to have live an effective life for the kingdom of God. Now, here in this first clip that we're going to show using the 2018 version of the Grinch here, we see the Grinch beginning to beginning to worry, and he's trying to do everything he can to stop Christmas, okay? At the beginning, he's trying to knock an alarm clock off and some other things, and then he begins to worry about Christmas, and, and he knows that there has to be more to it. So let's watch this clip together. personal reserve of moose juice and goose juice my emergency stash of who hash and my secret slew of frozen weasel nut stew uh, i specifically bought enough food to last until january how much emotional eating have i been doing no i won't i will not i am not going to whoville during <laughs> Come 
Max, right? Thank God for Max. But in that clip, it shows us an idea of how the world many times looks at Christmas. They look at it for all the wrong reason. And Mr. Grinch shows us a glimpse for people who hadn't got the revelation that you and I have been so wonderfully given through the grace of Jesus Christ. Now, some of that is because they don't want to look at it, but some maybe because it's been held back to a degree from them. But God, God will get to them, right? Maybe through us, maybe through another situation. But the Grinch here is looking at all the different reasons why he hates Christmas. And the world today makes Christmas about those type of things. And they try through their emotions, and, and they try through all these different things to, to, to wish that Christmas wouldn't happen. But listen, Christmas is a fact. It's a revelation. It's going to happen. But they look at it so many times as Christmas, oh, it's just an, it's just an emotional season. For some, it's a season that they feel left out, which is very much what happened to the Grinch as a young Grinch. I guess that's what he would be called as a child Grinch, feeling left out. And then some look at it and from the outside and say, oh, that's nothing. It's just a season for more and more stuff. And it's because they haven't gotten the point or the revelation that the Christmas story brings to their life. So they try everything by actions and thoughts and persuasion. Some, some eat, eat it away, you know what I mean? I've done that before. How much emotional eating have I done? Well, then, well, I, I think back over and I've done a bunch of it. And, and they try to do so much to hold it back. And this is the thing for most of them. If you do one thing wrong during the Christmas season, now they've summed up Christmas season to be that. Oh, I knew that that person would say that. Or that's just what... It's because they haven't had the revelation yet. But the good thing that you and I know is that baby Jesus born in a manger brings that revelation. Brings that revelation of what Christmas is about, but that revelation passed our life. See, revelation is this. Revelation is a surprisingly and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic way. That's what revelation is. It's a fact. It's not something that I hope or something that I wish or something that I have to wonder that is done. But the birth of Christ coming into this world as our Savior is fact. And on that night, it was very dramatic in the heavens. It was very dramatic in the heavens. In verse 25, we see here with Simeon. And, and, and I want to go back just a little bit and talk about Simeon. In this one, it says that he was a, a righteous and devout, and he was waiting on help for Israel. That's what his job was. But, but it's interesting that he was righteous and devout. Because here was a man doing everything that God said to do. Yet it was still revelation whenever he saw Jesus Christ. So that means for me and you that even though we have Jesus in our life and he leads us and he guides us, there's still more revelation to be had. There's still more things to know. But here in, this, in that clip we saw that Mr. Grinch, he had no revelation. He had no idea of what, what Christmas was truly about. In verse 26, Simeon here, and it says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came, in, he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to him uh, to do to him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And then he begins to say some things. 
And it's interesting to me how he got the revelation of Jesus Christ, even though he had been waiting, even though he knew that there was something more. And we have a lot of people in our world that know that there's something more, that there's got to be more than gifts and presents and parties and cookies to this thing that we call Christmas. And we get the opportunity to share this revelation of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, because it was real to us one day when we gave him our heart and our lives began to change. Amen? And there's so many people like Mr. Grinch that dump their lives into so many things because they're trying to push Christmas away or act like it's not real because they haven't gotten that revelation, but we know that Christmas brings that revelation. Through Simeon, it was through the Holy Spirit. And think about that. The Holy Spirit has spoken to Simeon, then he actually gets to hold the baby Jesus, hold baby Jesus in his hands and how that must felt. But we know that since Christ is living and the Holy Spirit confirms it in our heart, we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate because we have that living hope in our life. This living hope and what a living hope is, that means I have it tomorrow, I have it the day after, I have it the next day, and I keep having it in my life. And it brings me to points in my life where I can find answers. It brings me to points in my life where I don't feel like I can go any further and it helps push me and guides me and comforts me to that next place in Jesus Christ, amen? And we celebrate it. Dow, our, our pastor here that passed away three or four years ago, one of my favorite sermons to preach that, preach, that he preached at funerals is the three hope, hopes out of First Colossians. And in that, uh, I, I talk about three hopes and I totally ripped it off from Dow, which is fine. Um, you know, celebrity preachers aren't the only one with good things to say, amen? Man. Yeah, yeah, some of these guys have dedicated their entire lives, but three hopes of heaven are three hopes, and one of the hopes is the hope before us that I talk about and how heaven is before us as a believer of, the ch of a child of God, and we know that one day we'll get to be there forever. We have a hope beneath us, which is the good news, which is our foundation, which is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that we can base our life off of, amen, that we can lead and guide and direct, and we have that living hope, and the third living hope is the hope that within us that Christ really does live inside of me, that he is the king of my heart and he can be the king of our lives and we can use our lives to honor and to glorify him and he can guide and direct. But this time and this season, that's what the Christmas story reminds us, that it is revelation, not only to the believer, but to the unbeliever, that their eyes would be open and they would have help. Now here at Ray of Hope, we truly believe that. I've asked my daughter tonight, would you go ahead and grab them? That's going to be the announcement mic there, Grady. Come on up, Callie. I'll ask Callie to help me preach. She's a much better preacher than I am. But uh, I want her to say the very last part of Sheep and Heavenly Peace. This is the very fat last thing that they, they, uh, they spoke at Sheep and Heavenly Peace. I became a follower of Jesus Christ. I journeyed to Jerusalem where Jesus was put to death on a cross and rose again from the tomb. He was the good shepherd, but he was also the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Because he took our sin upon himself, lost sheep like you and me can now have peace with God. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Go ahead, good job. <laughs> abide with us, O come with us, abide with us. Holy Emmanuel. See, we're teaching our children that very same thing about that revelation, that there is this Christ that was born, and he can come into your life, and he can change you, 
and you never have to be the same again. Where you didn't have hope, you can have hope. Where you didn't have faith, you can have faith. Where you didn't think it was going to work out, now you know that it can work out because we believe in one name, Jesus Christ. But it comes from that revelation that we're stirred up about that we got to share with the world, amen? Through children's plays, through pulpits, through friendships, it doesn't matter, does it? Just the revelation of Jesus Christ, amen? And we know that we live in that revelation, and we have it. But we also know this Christmas story brings us something else. It brings us peace. In verse 29 of Luke chapter 2, it shows us, it says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. Simeon was at that point where he found the peace of the Lord, the thing that he had been waiting on. And we live in a culture today that could use a little bit more peace, amen? It could use a little bit more of peace in their life. And because of attitudes or people or experiences, Christ can be presented, Christmas can be presented in such an overwhelming way. And believers, I know. I know what you feel inside. You sit down with that person that you know you need Jesus, that you know that they need Jesus, and you want them to embark on that revelation that we talked about and that stirring inside of you. But if, if we're not careful, sometimes we can be a little bit too overwhelming. Has anybody ever met one of those Christians that's just a really spiritual Christian? And there's nothing wrong with that unless we do it in a bad way, and then we begin to push people away from the cross, and our job is what? To bring them to the cross, amen? But it can be very, very overwhelming. In this next clip, we see the Grinch encountering that. I love this next one. He, we saw in that last one, he didn't want to go to town. He was going to dread every minute of it. And unfortunately, we have people who live like that in our areas too, where they don't want to do any of that. Now, I dread going to Walmart, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's not because of Christmas, it's because of people. But, uh, but he, was, he, was dreading, he was dreading both of them, all right? He was dreading both of them. And, and he's on his way here into town, and uh, he gets cornered. So let's, let's see how well that goes for the Grinch. Now, remember, Max, this is the time of year when the boos are at their most deceptive. You have my full permission to attack anyone who so much as says one kind word to us. They still got you on the night shift, huh? Sure do. Oh, by the way, Cindy Lou forgot her hockey stick. <laughs> Jingle bells, Christmas smells. Oh, thanks, mister. Christmas Day to 
save us all from Satan's harm when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. It's funny to me that Mr. Grinch shows such a great example of how when we feel like we've got somebody cornered. In some ways, as Christians, we can come up with the ideal, quick, a heathen, let's go tell them about Jesus. And what we wind up doing is freaking them out. See, this is the thing about peace. Peace is something that I say yes to. It's not something that I can put on somebody. I either receive peace or I don't receive peace. But the Christmas story gives us the peace that we've been looking for. For Simeon, he had longed so deeply in his heart to see the salvation of Israel, to see what God was going to do. And whenever he finally came face to face with it, it brought him peace, even to the point of now I can die and I can go on and be with you forever. But what we don't want to do in this Christmas season, what we want to guard ourselves is this pressure. That, that's what we want to not do is begin to pressure people and begin to, begin to do like, kind of like they did Mr. Grinch there, you know. Let's chase him down and let's get louder, you know. Let's be very pompous at what we do and then it just becomes actions. You know, the scripture talks about just a clanging symbol. And that's kind of what that becomes. And it has to be a life that is lived out. It has to be a life that invites people. I don't have to chase anybody down because I have the glorious favor of God that rests upon my life. And I know that I have the revelation and this thing is real, that the Christmas story is alive in my heart and alive every day. So what must we do? Well, we share Christmas in love, don't we? We share Christmas in peace and we let them collide with Christ. This collision that has happened with me, now I want it to happen with somebody else. Think about this. Where we mess up at times as Christians is we forget the peace that we felt whenever Christ came into our heart and our life. And we want to show people that same peace, but sometimes our, our techniques are a little bit overbearing. It can happen, amen? And we want to make sure that we're careful about that. That I think back and think back to the peace that I found at the altar. Wherever Christ saved you at, wherever it happened at, that peace that overflooded and overwhelmed your life. And then you can think back and say, that's what I want them. But I have to guard myself and I have to go back to that beginning point and not lose it. That it's Christ's peace within my life is what I've longed for. That was, that's part of that revelation that I need a Savior, absolutely. But it's the peace now that I get to live with. It's the peace that I understand that I do fight flesh sometimes. The Apostle Peter tries to help us understand this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. So here we see that we collide with mercy, this thing that we don't deserve. He has caused us to be born again to a what? A living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And Peter helps us understand here that we're blessed we're blessed because we understand that we get to walk in mercy. We get to walk in this hope that's a living hope. And then one day we will be rewarded with things that will not perish, that will not die away. And we know that today it is salvation, but we were also talking about that as rewards in heaven that we know one day that Christ has set aside for us. But it's through our, God, but it's through our Lord and Savior's power that we recognize those things. But we get to that point where the story of, uh, of, of baby Jesus, the Christmas story, helps us understand that it's a story of peace. It's a story of peace of what happens in our life. And we can take a deep breath sometimes when things aren't lining up, when our families aren't lining up, when jobs aren't lining up, when things in the community aren't lining up. And we take a step back and we have peace that overwhelms our life and realizing that Christ is sovereign and he has it all in his control anyways. And then people from the outside look at us. We don't have to chase anybody down and overwhelm them for that moment where they wind up slamming the door. And it's not because they don't want to hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. They just don't want to hear it from you or from me. Come on now. And we hide ourselves in Christ, and we say, this life that offers me peace, I want that to illuminate my spirit. I want that to illuminate my mind. I want that to illuminate my life and see if the opposite doesn't happen, where now we're running away from so many people who are trying to find that peace. Because in the Christmas story, there's always revelation and there's always peace. I love Cindy Lou Who in the story. Cindy Lou Who is so concerned about her mother just finding a mate. Something has happened to the father and, 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 and her mother's overworked and she's trying to do all these things and take care of the house. And she's on a mission to get a letter to Santa Claus. And her attitudes, attitudes of people around her doesn't stop her. The negativity of things around her doesn't stop her. The plans that she makes, if they don't work out, she just makes more plans to be able to get the task and the job done. And you and I could take a lesson from that for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that it doesn't matter. I walk with peace. I don't care about other people's attitudes. Those I cannot change. I don't care about the negativity. I'm going to put as much positivity as I can in the world, but I'm not going to let the negativity drag me down. And as far as plans go, yeah, I have a plan to be able to spread this peace of Jesus Christ. And if it doesn't work, I'll go to the next one. If that one doesn't work, I'll go to the next one. If that one doesn't work, I'll go to the next one. Why? Because we all know that Christ deserves our very best. Amen? It's this revelation that we get to not only live in, but we get to spread. It's this peace that consumes our life, and then we get to give it to everyone else. Amen? But we know that the Christmas story helps us understand revelation. It helps us understand peace. And another thing that the Christmas story does that I look, as I look at Simeon, it helps me understand, is the Christmas story opens our eyes. It's one thing to receive revelation. It's another thing to kind of have our eyes open and understand what's really going on. Not only understand that we need a Savior, but maybe how that works. In verse 30, it says, he's holding baby Jesus, and he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You see how Simeon's eyes are, are open? What he was looking for, he now sees 
with his eyes that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And you have to love that because Simeon shows us something here. Simeon shows us that we don't have to look any further. Simeon says, listen, my eyes have seen this thing that I have longed for, the salvation that I've longed for, I have seen. This gift that you have prepared, which we know is the gift of Christ. And who is it? For the hundredth million time, it's to all peoples, isn't it? It's, that's how we started the sermon series, is this gift of baby Jesus is to all people. And Simeon shows us a life that is hungry to see the Lord work, a, a life that, that he doesn't want to just understand God, but God, open up my eyes to what you're doing. It wasn't just an ordinary family walking in the door. It wasn't just an ordinary situation. God was moving. And for us, during this Christmas season, so many times we can get caught up in the ordinary. Is it just another gift? Is it just another party? Is it just another this or that? Lord, open my eyes to those opportunities. Now, here in this next clip that we're going to show is one of my favorite ones with Mr. Grinch, and you guys will know it. It's the, it's the clip of the cookie. And Mr. Grinch has it all backwards what the enemy is. Now, he's about to try to steal Christmas here, and he has in his mind what the enemy is. So let's watch it. The present. This is our enemy. You will want to unwrap it and play with it. But you must not. If you can get past the present, the only obstacle left is the cookie. Look at it in all its red, sugary splendor. No, no, no. Look at yourselves. Discipline. We must resist. Now, you have to love it. Have any of you guys ever done that with a cookie? I might have been guilty of that. Don't wave it in front of my face like that. But here, Mr. Grimp shows us a, a glimpse of the world. He shows us a glimpse that people have their ideologies all mixed up. They see the celebration and the gifts, and they think, well, this is the enemy. This is what we're going after. This is what the enemy is, and that's not at all what the enemy is. That, that's not what our Savior's is, is gifts and all this other stuff, amen, and celebrations and parties. It's so easy to get mixed up and we guard ourselves. God, help my eyes to be open that I stay fixed on what Christmas is about, this revelation of you sending yourself and you died on a cross, but you had to be born as a manger, that our eyes may be open and not closed. So, so what are our eyes open to? Well, primarily we know that it's open to our Savior, amen, and His love for us. It's open to hope, but it's also open to a problem. And the problem is that we need salvation. We're in a fight that we cannot win, and we must have Christ in our life. And Mr. Grinch here is on his way to try to steal Christmas, and because of his mixed-up convictions and things like that, he has it all messed up. And I know a lot of Christians now, don't be mad at me. Listen, I'm not going to get you in a three-day fight over whether your three-year-old thinks Santa Claus is real or not. That's not going to bust hell wide open, you know what I mean? But we got Christians sometimes that are mixed up, and we want to argue about whether Christmas gifts are bad, whether Santa Claus are ba is bad, whether elves, yes, if it takes the place of Jesus Christ, all those are bad, amen? But that's not what we're going to fight about. We become divided over stuff that does not matter as Christians. And as we talked about this morning, division is devilish. Diversity is godly. It's okay to have some different ways that you do traditions in your family. They cannot take the place of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The gifts are not the enemy cooking. 
cookies are not the enemy. Parties are not the enemies. In fact, those can be open doors. People will come to your house. They'll be able to respond to you in ways that they never would have before. It'll give you opportunities to speak about this revelation, to share this peace, amen? But our eyes have to be open. And that's what the Christmas story does. It opens Simeon's eyes. I know that it was eight days after Jesus Christ was born that he went in. But, he went in, but when Jesus Christ in, he mentioned that his eyes were open. He has seen God. Help and show me the things that you are trying to use in my life to reach more people for the glorious gospel, to walk in more of your peace. And he will use things that seem out of the ordinary. For Simeon, he used laws. For Simeon, he used things like that that would open his up his eyes to what God was doing. For the shepherds, he used angels in the skies. For us, we see the story time and time again. But that's what the Christmas story does, is it opens our eyes to the things, and it helps us keep from getting divided and going ways in arguments and fights that we don't need to be a part of that we keep the main thing and the main focus, Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior. Teach me, God. Open my eyes how I can use many things to reach people for your kingdom. Whatever can get them into the house. And I know that we have to be careful with that, that we don't start doing a bunch of silly things. I heard of one guy who used a pig head to, to bowl with in a youth room one time. We have not done that. Okay, he set up bowling pins and he went out and had a pig's head and they rolled them down in an alley or something. Okay, we don't do that kind of stuff here. That's a little bit too far. But God, what is it? If it's the cookie, then let me bake a dozen cookies, knock on my neighbor's door, give them to him and say, hey, I was just thinking about you this season. If it's a gift or a present, and whatever that might look like, it looks differently for every person, but it's that attitude of servanthood. That's not the enemy. The enemy is the problem that they need salvation. Our enemy, of course, we know is evil. We know is Satan. The enemy is not those things and those tools. We were talking in a mentoring class last night, or Tuesday night of this week. And, and, and what we teach in mentoring class, if you haven't been a part of it, please do. But we're talking about our toolbox to reach and disciple and to lead. And if the only thing that you have in a toolbox is a hammer... Everything that you look like, everything that you look at that you try to fix becomes a nail. And all you do is beat it. If you have a screwdriver and a hammer and a saw and these different tools in your toolbox, then you begin to learn and fix problems in different ways. God, open up my eyes and expand my toolbox that I don't get caught up on the wrong things. That I look at the things that the world means to destroy and I know that you can turn for a good. So if it's a present, it's a present. If it's a cookie, it's a cookie. If it's a party, it's a party. If it's a note or a card or whatever it is, whether it has Santa Claus' face on it or whether it doesn't, God, let it go out in your glory and show people the love of Jesus Christ. Because that old adage that we all know, we've heard, people want to know how much we care. They don't care how much we know. And I speak to them or you speak to your neighbors or however in a way that opens up their life. Amen? But that's what the Christmas story does. It opens up our eyes to not only how God is going to speak to us, but how he can use us. And the final thing here that the Christmas story does for us is the Christmas story speaks. The Christmas story speaks. The Christmas story has a voice. I, I don't, I, I, yeah, we want to shout it out from the mountains and, and do those things, but obviously we don't want to corner people and do all these weird things, you know. We don't want to be weird Christians, okay. 
We don't want to do that. And here it says, A light for the revelation to the Gentiles, verse 32, and for glory to your people Israel. And once again, once again we see that Jesus Christ was sent as revelation to everybody. He was sent for revelation to all the Gentiles, which means all the world beside the Jews, but he was also sent for the people of, the, of Israel. So we see that the Christmas story speaks. We can take a deep breath. Just let our lives be lived in a way that reflects that we truly believe in the story of Jesus Christ. Let our lives reflect deeply that we've had an encounter, that we've collided with Christ, and he changed our life. Amen? In mentoring class, we teach something else. We teach that you don't have to force a gift. If God has given you a gift of teaching or singing or something like that, you don't have to walk around and wave a banner and say, I'm a singer, I'm a teacher. Many, many times your life makes room for those gifts. In our lives, as we fall in love with Christ more, we will see that our lives will open up to that story more and more and it will attract people and it will bring people in. But what we have to remember is this. This is the hardest thing about it. It's many times the epiphany doesn't happen to that person until they're in the middle of what they're doing wrong. We have to guard ourselves in that manner. We have to guard ourselves and understand that as Christ brings to, to, to light their heart of what they're doing and things that they're not doing correctly, that it's always or most always in a situation where they've already done wrong to a point. This last scene that we're going to show here, the Grinch is about to push all of the Christmas presents over the cliff. He's about to, to ruin Christmas for everybody, but then he hears something and he sees something that changes his mind. Let's watch it real quick. What's that? Do you hear it? They're singing? I don't understand, Max. Don't they know what I've done? Watched the small girl. He thought he might melt. If he did what she did, would he feel what she felt? And the luscious sound swelled, reaching up to the skies. And the Grinch heard with his heart, and it tripled in size. Now, very familiar part, and we all see that. And let's, let's preface it with this. That is great if that happens. But how many of you guys have witnessed to people and that hasn't happened to them? <laughs> seemed like their heart was still small by the time you got through and you've done everything that you can, right? But to those who do believe, to those whose hearts and lives are opened, but I love that part of the story because it shows us that the Grinch was in the middle of doing something that wasn't right. 
He was in the middle of a bad attitude. He was in the middle of trying to ruin something for somebody else. But what brought him back to changing his heart? What, what illuminated his soul, so to speak? It was the conviction of people in the town that they were going to celebrate Christmas with or without stuff. And that's what the Christmas story does for us. The Christmas story speaks, it speaks past the stuff and, and past the parties. It speaks past all of those things. And it pushes us to begin to love when it's hard. It pushes us to have faith when it's not easy. It pushes us to look for ways to do things that we can spread the name of Christ because we've had the revelation. We've had the truth of the Christmas story. Amen? And in that moment, you never know what's going on, but prepare yourself. Because that person could be, let's put this more practically, that person could be in the middle of telling you what they think about you. That person could be in the middle of doing something that you know aggravates you to your very core. And you're like, I've done everything. But it's that extra that we do where we will continue to be guided by our convictions. And I know in that little clip, that town wasn't talking about Jesus. I get it. But it shows us a principle that the town was guided by the conviction that helped the Grinch reach the point. Now, we know that each man and woman has to go into salvation under their own. But I can certainly help with my actions. I can certainly help with convictions that we live this thing out so right and so true. Luke 6, 32 and 33 says this. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinner, sinners love those who love them. And if you do, do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that you? For even sinners do the same. See, the epiphany comes many times when it's hard to do the right thing, when it's hard to say the right thing, when it's hard to be the right thing. That's what conviction is. That's what it means when we walk with conviction. That it doesn't matter, teenagers, what my friends do. It doesn't matter what's popular at school. It doesn't matter what the culture is pressing on me. I go back to the Word of God and what God speaks to me, that becomes my conviction. And that's right, true for all of us, amen? It doesn't matter. The only difference is, teenagers, where it's a lot of relationships at y'all's age. As you get older, it's friends, but it also can be jobs. It can also be extended family members and things like that that becomes a little bit more difficult. So those convictions that we set up in our lives and we live our life as the light because we understand that the revelation, it's, 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 not, it's not a suggestion. Jesus Christ was born. He was born for all peoples that we could see the light of eternity and have a personal relationship with God the Father. The purpose for the glory of God. And it's anyone who listens, anyone who reads, and anyone who responds to this story. And that's the reason why with all of our heart, we let that revelation flood our lives. With all of our heart, we say, God, how can we proclaim it? How can we proclaim your peace? How can we walk through it? But God, let us do it in a way with our eyes being open, knowing that your Christmas story is powerful enough that it speaks yeah, I want to shout it out from the mountains. Yeah, I want to tell everybody, but I primarily do that with the way that my life is lived. And when I do that, we never know. It could be that one point where somebody is pushing something over the edge. Somebody's about to do something they're going to regret. All of a sudden, they see the way that we live our lives because this story is so real and something changes in their life. And they say, oh, it wasn't about the stuff. It wasn't about the meals. It wasn't about the food. It was about their conviction. And even to people who sometimes live in a mountain away from us, right? <laughs> the Spirit of God can reach them too. Can you receive that tonight?
We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.